Welcome to WJR's Healthy Woman Show, brought to you by the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health. I'm Ann Thomas. I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Carol Kowalczyk. And Dr. Kowalczyk, on this edition of the show, lots to talk about. And we are going to get so much information. We're going to get the updates about COVID. We're going to solve or, or uh, talk about the COVID myths that are out there. Get to enjoy a little bit about Paul W. Smith and getting ready for St. Patrick's Day. And I also have a very special guest who wants to make a difference. A great show with lots of interesting information coming up next. Welcome to WJR's Healthy Woman Show. I'm Ann Thomas, and I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Carol Kowalczyk. And to kick off the March show, we welcome two highly respected infectious disease experts, Dr. Matthew Sims, Beaumont Health Systems Director of Infectious Disease Research. Welcome back to the show. Great to see you. Thank you for having me. And Dr. Leonard Johnson, Division Chief and Program Director of the Infectious Disease Fellowship Program at Ascension St. John Hospital in Detroit. It's great to see you again. Thanks for coming back to the show. Thank you for having me. And Dr. Carroll, you have come up with a list of wonderful questions that everybody in town is asking for our two experts today. So I'm going to let you kind of kick things off. Thanks, Anne. And thank you, gentlemen, for being on the show tonight. And I, I really appreciate it. Your, uh, the response to you guys on the last few shows has been so positive. And I have to tell you, I'm really proud of all the people who are going to get their vaccines. Uh, you guys are doing your part out there. And we have to get to a certain point where most of have that, us have that vaccine for COVID. However, I am finding in my practice, many people are still afraid to take that vaccine. And that's why Ann and I thought it'd be, it's time to have you two back on again to help clarify some questions and, uh, and, and go over some issues. So uh, me being a fertility specialist, uh, we, I get daily, 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 women who are saying to me, um, I'm afraid to take the vaccine. And doc, I'm trying to get pregnant. Or I, uh, if I get pregnant or in between my treatments, can I take that vaccine and is it safe? So I tell them with our American Board of OBGYN and ASRM, it says it's fine. Uh, what is your take uh, as infectious disease docs? What can I tell my patients? Can they take that vaccine when they're trying to get pregnant and in pregnancy? So uh, I'll start out. Um, you know, there has been no study where they specifically vaccinated pregnant women. However, during these large studies of 40,000 plus people, there have been a few uh, pregnancies that have occurred. And as so far, there hasn't been any indication that there was any problem uh, with either the conception or the birth. Um, and um, when you think about this vaccine and how it works and what it does, you know, it's really no different from um, you know, getting a part of, you know, one of the proteins that's already in the COVID uh, virus. Um, so uh, people, we haven't seen any issues with fertility um, or, uh, you know, problems with childbirth due to COVID itself. So it would be unusual for the vaccine, which is essentially a piece of COVID that won't make you sick um, to do that. So overall, we think it's safe. We don't think there's any impact on fertility. We don't think there's any risk in childbirth, uh, but it hasn't been officially studied. Yeah, and I think on the flip side too, we have to remember 
what are the risks of a pregnant woman develops COVID, right? Because while we know that the data is a little unclear about whether pregnant women have a worse outcome with COVID, we certainly have had some significant consequences with pregnant women getting COVID and ending up severely on the ICU. So, uh, so I agree with Matt, and I think what we're stating is consistent with the CDC and American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology's recommendations that women who are preparing to conceive and are already pregnant should get vaccinated if offered the vaccine. That is great advice because, you know, when we tell our patients, there's a higher incidence of respiratory illness in pregnant women in general. So, and being, and COVID is one of those. I have one that a woman is wearing a condom. I mean, making her partner wearing a condom uh, and, and won't get pregnant until COVID's over because she heard that COVID is sexually transmitted. Well, COVID can be transmitted during sex. Um, and, uh, you know, but it's more likely to be transmitted by breathing or kissing, um, you know, where respiratory secretions are involved than it would be from, you know, semen. Um, so, you know, unless they're both wearing, you know, N95 masks during uh, the activity, they're, they're you know, the, uh, the condom isn't going to stop the spread of COVID. Awesome. So, so you would not consider it a sexually transmitted disease. It, they, the advice is put your condom back in the drawer and worry more about the respiratory. Well, I wouldn't use the condom to prevent COVID. If they're using it to prevent pregnancy or to prevent other STIs, that's, that makes sense. Uh, but it's not going to prevent COVID. And, um, you know, it, it, COVID, COVID shouldn't be thought of a sexual, as a sexually transmitted infection. It is an infection that you can get during sex, but more likely because, as I said, it's a respiratory infection, yeah. just like you get flu during sex. It's not sexually transmitted. It's coughing while you're having sex, causing it. Or just so breathing. <laughs> so here's another one. Um, I was up in the uh, uh, up in the thumb, and a woman who's uh, we asked about it. She goes, "Oh no, I am not taking that. Uh, I heard there's severe allergies, uh, allergic reactions, and there's severe side effects. And you know what? I'm going to wait till half the population gets it, and I'm going to wait till the summer just to see what happens with everyone else. What do you say to those people? Well, I think that the severe the severe reactions, especially we call anaphylaxis. There was some nice data that just came out last week that got published through the CDC and showed that almost all of those occurred within 10 minutes. So I would recommend if somebody has not received the vaccine before, especially those who have any, had any type of vaccine reaction before, that they wait there at least at 15 minutes and maybe even 30 minutes in the healthcare setting to be observed. It is very rare for any of the severe reactions to occur after that. Now with that said, when I have both doses, I did have a swarm. And after I got the second dose, I was a little achy the following day, no question about it. But certainly all of that, all of that would be easily overweighed by uh, the benefits I've accrued by avoiding severe consequence of getting a COVID-19 infection. So I think that it's interesting too, I think people are getting the message, despite some people still refusing and wanting to wait, we're seeing the they showed some data last week also that the number of people who are reluctant to buy vaccine as time goes by is going down significantly. So I think the more and more people who are still saying stubbornly that they will not take the vaccine even if offered, I think that number is going to keep going down as we get to that 
a state where more and more people have already gotten it. And we see most people have done just fine with the vaccine. Again, mild side effects are most of the side effects. And, and the nurse who gave my injection said that the, there seemed to be a trend that the older you are, the less side effects you would have, that you know the 20-somethings get hit harder uh, after that second dose than the 40-somethings, than the 80-somethings. Have you yeah, seen so, that trend? Yeah, to an extent. So a lot of that has to do with, we think that most of the side effects are actually your own immune system uh, causing them, right? So. Um, we know with that, if you get a vaccine to something you're already uh, immune to, you're often going to have some side effects, usually in the local area. Um, there's something called an arthritis reaction that you can get where the, the area turns sore and red. Um, it's very common with tetanus shots, for example. Um, and we think that the majority of the achiness and the tiredness and all of these other things, it seems to last a day or so, um, is really a reflection of you got your first shot, now you've made antibody, and you get a second shot, you start making the protein again, and your antibody reacts to that protein. And so you have an immune reaction, which you should have. Um, and as you get older, that sort of an immune reaction fades somewhat. It's called immunosenescence, um, and you just don't react as vigorously as younger people. That being said, I've seen some 80-year-olds who got some pretty significant side effects, you know, mild, minor, not not like anaphylaxis or anything, but achy and feeling lousy. And it usually lasts a day or so. Mm -hmm. So here's that flip side. All right. All the people who've gotten their vaccines, they're, they've had their, their two and and they're, they're, they're antsy, man. I don't know about you, but I've, I, I try to do the whole, you know, be, I am doing the whole mask thing and I've even got these blingy masks. And I'm like, hey, if I'm going to make wear a mask, make it look good, right? Um, but I'm getting tired of wearing the mask and I'm getting tired of social distancing. I want to see the people I love. So I'm getting this question. Um, okay, I've got my vaccine. I can't get COVID again, right? And can I go out since I'm protected with this vaccine? Can I go out to the people I love? Tell me about, can you get COVID after the vaccine and how safe are you it, with, with people that you want to be close to? Before you answer that question, we're going to take a quick break here and we'll be back. You are listening to WJR's Healthy Woman Show. You are listening to WJR's Healthy Woman Show. I'm Ann Thomas. I am here with my co-host, Dr. Carol Kowalczyk. Great conversation on the show today with Dr. Leonard Johnson, Dr. Matthew Sims, the best in the infectious disease business here in the state of Michigan. We are talking about vaccines. We're talking about COVID and the question the million dollar question from our Dr. Carol Kowalczyk is, once you have the vaccine, you've been totally vaccinated, do you still have to wear your mask? Well, the answer is yes, we do. And I know we don't like hearing that answer, but as we know, what the studies show about all three vaccines is that they're all highly effective at keeping people from getting severe complications of COVID that result in hospitalizations or death. And that's the most important thing about these vaccines. We don't know how much they prevent asymptomatic infection. We don't know how much they prevent people who've been vaccinated from spreading the virus to others. There's some data that that's lower, but it's not zero. So even if you're a vaccinated individual and you feel fairly impervious to getting severe consequences of COVID, you potentially could acquire it and could spread it to others, including your loved ones. Many of the people I'm seeing are these unfortunate 75 or 80 year olds 
who are getting spread the virus by much younger relatives, like grandkids who are asymptomatic. And the old relative is the ones that sick on the ventilator and sometimes dying. And so if not just for you, but for others around you, your loved ones, you must continue to wear the, the masks and the distancing whenever you're out in public. You must do this to protect others as a part of a public health good and a personal good for your family members and friends. And is that for people who are, are uh, if everyone in the room is vaccinated or if there's some that are vaccinated and some that are not? You know, um, you know, it's um, pretty much you just have to wear the mask, right? There's, it, you know, I, at work, everybody around me just about is vaccinated. And so when I'm rounding, for example, and I'm sitting at a table with my team and, uh, you know, I know that the rest of them are all vaccinated, we all still wear our masks because you never know when somebody's going to come up to you who might not be vaccinated. You know, you want to be careful just not to break the pattern um, until we're ready to break the pattern. And that's going to be across the board. So, you know, it won't be that all of a sudden, okay, uh, doctors, you can take the masks off or, you know, bus drivers, you can take the masks off or whichever. It's once we get to that level of herd immunity, that's when we're going to safely, everybody's going to be able to safely take the masks off. Herd immunity. I, that was my next question, Dr. Yes, Sims. Please. What the heck is herd immunity? So herd immunity is when enough people in the population are vaccinated that the chances of somebody who gets it, giving it to somebody else is much lower because everybody around them has immunity. That's the, the basic way. And for this particular vaccine or this disease and these vaccines, the estimates are to get it to the point where we can really break this pandemic, we need to get to about 70% uh, to 80% of the population immune to COVID, whether that's through infection or whether that's through uh, the vaccine. And we do think that the vaccine may give longer lasting immunity. It's certainly the Pfizer and Moderna at least give higher levels of immunity uh, than the natural infection does, which is exceedingly unusual. Most vaccines don't give you higher level immunity than the natural infection. But here, it does seem to do that. Um, so, um, once we get to enough people vaccinated, that's when the CDC and the health systems and the, the epidemiologists, et cetera, will all sort of make their analysis and say, this is where it's safe for everybody to take off the masks. We're just not there yet. Do we have any idea of, of what percentage so far are vaccinated or in that category to get to that 75, 80%? Is there any data? I know in Michigan, we've dispersed, what, approximately 2 million vaccines, correct, Matt? I, I believe so. And if you figure that most of those people have gotten two doses each, that leaves you at about 1 million of our population. So what is that, approximately 5 to 10% or something like that? So yeah, it's still I think a low we're, number. Um, yeah, it, we're not there. Uh, we well, still we still need to get a higher, you know, worldwide, um, Israel has hit, they're the best, uh, they're over 50% now of their population vaccinated. Um, the UK is next. And then the US was third. 
um, in terms of sheer numbers of people vaccinated, but we're still not close to that 70%. Israel was the closest. Um, and, and even at 50%, they started seeing significant drop-offs in the amount of COVID. That's awesome. Now, what about these variants that are leaking into the U.S.? Um, is, is the vaccine, are all three vaccines going to, is there any data to be protective against these variants? Yeah, so this is where it gets tricky um, and where there's already ongoing research and new approaches to deal with these. So the British variant, the UK variant, um, that one does not really seem to be affected uh, to make a change in how well the vaccine protects. Um, and that's good. That's probably the most uh, widespread of the variants. But the South African variant and the Brazilian variant both have a mutation in it. It's uh, called... Uh, E484K, all you need to know is that this mutation changes the shape of the spike protein um, so that some of the major antibodies that are made by the vaccine don't neutralize that, that variant. Now, um, what can we say about how well these vaccines protect against those variants? There have been studies uh, on Moderna and Pfizer looking at people who have been vaccinated and collecting the antibodies they make and then testing it against the virus directly. Um, and what they find is you do, it does lose some ability to neutralize the virus, but it retains enough and the levels after you get those vaccines are high enough that it's felt that they're still going to protect you against the South African and the Brazilian variants. Now with uh, the J&J &J vaccine, part of that study was actually run in South Africa when the South African variant was circulating. And there were more breakthroughs in the South African arm. So it was not as effective at preventing COVID, but it still was better at preventing severe COVID. Um, so while we... Um, the variants are going to affect the vaccines, and it seems like Johnson and Johnson and, and the AstraZeneca, which is not yet approved, there was, um, you know, the, the government of South Africa actually declined it in the end because the numbers were low and uh, how well it worked. Um, while there is definitely an impact on those vaccines, um, Pfizer and Moderna seem to still work well enough. J&J, um, &J, while it doesn't prevent it as well, it does seem to still have activity at preventing it, it's still okay. And it still uh, seems to, even in the ones that break through, have lower chance of getting a severe infection. So those, that's the good news. And then all of the companies are starting to work on boosters that change the protein, that change the spike that's presented to match the variant, to have that E484K mutation in it. So you will now make antibodies that are specifically directed against the variant. So that's all sounding really good and really, really, really reassuring. So this question goes for you, Dr. Johnson. All right, everyone is antsy. Everyone cannot wait to go on a summer vacation. Everyone cannot wait to get out of the house. What's it gonna look like for this summer, fall with uh, trying to have a normal life more than we've had in the past. Um, you know, and, and, and what I'm, I'm hearing, we got to wear these masks for a long time, but, 
any changes that we can anticipate or are we status quo right now? I think the big thing to remember is keep taking the cues from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. It's, we're not, it's not gonna be flipping a switch where everything is gonna go back to normal. Do it in slow stages, like they're recommending in terms of, again, outdoor dining, wearing masking, uh, appropriately social distancing and slowly getting there. Because remember, if we're vaccinating 3 million people a day across the US, it's gonna happen. It's, we're gonna get there. But don't give up on the social distancing and masking just yet because you're just gonna keep delaying this happening and results in more people in the hospital. So just be patient. The light at the end of the tunnel is there. Um, and I think the really big steps will be end of summer when we'll have full vaccinations, I think for most of the country, I think we'll be in a really good place, but we've got to be patient. Remember, in the summers in Michigan are beautiful. Spend it outdoors. It's going to lower your risk. Now, the hospital, I'm hearing rumors, you know, both my husband and I are on staff at St. John's, uh, and, and the, it, it's better, isn't it? I mean, there's less hospitalizations. There's a lot less people on respirators. So are you seeing uh, the light at the end of the tunnel at the hospitals with regard oh, to quite. severe COVID? No question about it. And I think a lot of it is that a lot of the vaccines have gone towards the most vulnerable populations. Plus, again, don't forget that both of the big surges we had, we got them under control by good public health measures. Like people, they were unpopular in terms of shutting down restaurants and bars. And that's why they've allowed reopening here gradually. But those measures did work. Thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate your expertise. And we're going to check back in a couple of months and just get another update on how we're doing. And thank you so much for all of your hard work, because I know that you care so much about this community. And both of you are working very, very hard. I know you are daily answering multitude of questions that people are throwing at you, and it's got to be tiring. Uh, but you know that you two are so very much appreciated for everything you're doing to keep us all safe. You are listening to WJR's Healthy Woman Show. We'll be back right after this. Dr. Carol Kowalczyk, it was a year ago today that we received the news that because of the coronavirus, that basically we were going to have to shut everything down. And that really affected your business. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I remember that. I remember hearing that first case and we had ASRM a week later, St. Patrick's Day, say that, I'm sorry, guys, you know, we're not essential and we need to close. So, you know, we did what we had to do. We were allowed to finish our IVF cases, which we were mid-cycle in. But after that, uh, everyone, we didn't work for or have office for six weeks. Um, we did do some things over the phone, telemedicine. Uh, improvised and, uh, you know, six weeks of that and uh, of doing the right thing and making sure everyone was safe. Uh, so it, it did affect our, our, our practice, but patients were really understanding and the staff was understanding. Everyone was protected and, and uh, we, we avoided any, any uh, uh, cases of COVID during that time for patients and staff. And now you guys, you had some things that you had to cancel. And I think that it has to do with our next guest, right? Yes, our next guest, Paul W. Smith, the well, fabulous host of the Paul W. Smith Morning Show, knows all about this. Paul, welcome. It's a good thing they found me to host that show because it'd be foolish for some person with another name hosting the Paul W. Smith Show. <laughs> but be that as it may, um, I was just doing some work for tomorrow's show, and apparently Dr. Carroll mentioned St. Patrick's Day, and I appear just kind of automatically. It's kind of a bizarre, weird thing. But I did hear the tail end of what you said, doctor, and I just want to say this. In my book, 
you're all essential workers there. There's Thank no you. question. You you can't have the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health and not have uh, the the designation of being essential. You're essential. Thank and you. it's a, a pleasure to be with you because it was one year ago today that uh, everything hit the proverbial fan and everything changed for all of us, uh, including we haven't been back in the radio station for all that period, over a year now, back in the Golden Tower of the Fisher Building. And I suspect that uh, a lot of people will have changed work environments from this day forward because of that virus and because our our companies have found out they can not only uh, survive, but they can even thrive and cut the cost of having a big, big building, a big edifice with everyone in it when they found that we can all do our jobs away from a big building and a big edifice, which is going to save a lot of people a lot of money could cause a lot of heartache for people. It's fine for me. I, I love being here in my home and in my home office and being able to do the show and probably feels the same way. Doctor, I know it's a different situation where you have to see patients and everything, but we all make do and and have risen to the occasion because it, Ann and I had to make the decision maybe one year ago now that we weren't going to be able to have the annual tradition of the St. Patrick's Day party in the Fisher Building and any number of other places we had it over the years, we were going to have to do it virtually, which was not a comfortable feeling because the whole idea of that party is getting everyone together, the camaraderie, the, uh, the, the people meeting people for the first time, seeing people for the first time in a long time under really kind of fun uh, circumstances and situations, enjoying the music from a live uh, band, uh, but uh, we have changed, like everyone, and again, coming up this St. Patrick's Day, we will again have a St. Patrick's Day party that is even more inclusive because it's virtual. And uh, so that's kind of exciting, and, and we will have a live band. What's the name of the band, Anne? band is called the Corktown Folks, and they are going to play for us throughout the show, and they're really looking forward to it. They're going to do it all virtually. And people can find that on Facebook, and it'll be a lot of fun. It's going to be different. It's not going to be the same, but we are still going to celebrate because it's St. Patrick's Day. Right. It is St. So Patrick's what's the, Day. what's on the agenda? What's the plan? What, what what can we all expect for this awesome party? Is she kidding, Ann? Does she really think we planned this far in advance? <laughs> <laughs> well, we do have some of the movers and shakers in town lined up. And they are more than happy to do this. I think it's a little bit easier, frankly, when you do it virtually because they can just pop on. We have a link and they pop on and they can see Paul. And so we do have quite a number of people already lined up. Uh, we've asked the governor to join us and the mayor and a lot of our, our senators and judges. And the crowd's gonna, gonna show up. It won't be as big of a crowd because it's harder to do online, but they'll be there. So then awesome. people will be able to watch it as well as listen to it on 760 on the AM dial, but watch it just as they're watching us right now um, on what our Facebook page and YouTube and WJR.com, things like that from 530 to 9. 530 to 9. Yes. Carol, don't you find it fascinating that the host finds out this information just like this at the same time you do? I think it, <laughs> it keeps me on my toes and I like it that way. You know, Anne's amazing. That's all I have to say. She's she is a superwoman. It's why every day, every year is the year of the 
International Year of the Working Woman. And uh, that goes for all women because all women are working, whether it's in the house, uh, taking care of the household or outside of the house and taking care of the house or outside of the house and taking care of the house and teaching the children. My God, it never ends. Well, you know what? Women are women. I, I one of the reasons I became a, an OB and a fertility doctor is because of women. And and it's so funny. I always make the joke that God made man and said, oh, no. Uh, I have to make a woman to make sure that everything's done right. So the first prototype. Well, who's going to take the garbage out anyway? <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, God made the prototype and said, "Okay, I got to keep the world going," and made a woman. So um, that's I, I. I love my 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 husband and men, but you know, women are the ones. Mom goes down. Everyone goes down. That's right. It's true. It is absolutely true. So uh, absolutely true. So we will dedicate this St. Patrick's Day to all the women. Uh, in the world, but specifically the ones we really, really, really care about in our lives and uh, very specifically in the great state of Michigan. We invite everyone to join us on St. Patrick's morning from 530 till 9, right online, just like this, and to celebrate in a most unusual way, the way we've all learned to do everything virtually. I'm hoping, Paul W., that next year we will be back in person. Things will be back to normal. So just one more one more party like this, and then hopefully things are going to get a whole lot better. So the expression has always been next year in Israel. Now it's next year in the Fisher Building. Perfect. <laughs> Sounds perfect. Paul W. Smith, thank you for your time today. Hey, thanks for having me on. You are listening to WJR Southie Woman Show. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to WJR's Healthy Women Show. And on this segment, I am very excited to talk to someone who has worked very, very hard for uh, three amazing charities. Uh, we are going to be talking to uh, Ms. Kathy Ossip. She is the president of The Giving Gift and also very special to my heart, my sister, who I love and adore, and I'm very, very proud of her. So, uh, Kathy, it's great to have you on the show, and I would love to know uh, if you could tell the listeners, what is The Giving Gift, and how did it get started? Thanks, Carol. First of all, thank you for having me on the show. I am so excited to be here and share this message. The Giving Gift was basically founded to make a difference. Um, we're a brand new online, all occasions specialty gift box company. Um, but our mission is to raise awareness of some very important social causes and also donate 50% of our net profits to the charities. And I think the seeds for the giving gift actually were planted several years back um, when our family, like most of your listeners, had some very close personal tragedies. Um, my, my daughter's so soccer coach, Mark, and his wife, Molly, lost their middle daughter, Alexandra, to a distracted driver, um, you know, a semester before graduating from college. Uh, a few months after that, my the same daughter's best friend, Katie, lost her younger brother, Michael, to suicide. Um, and, and we were all devastated. Uh, he wasn't the typical kid that you thought of being at risk for suicide. He was popular and smart, homecoming king, captain of the soccer teams, baseball teams, had a 4.3 grade point average, was deciding between Stanford and the University of Michigan for college. Again, that sauce of that sense of loss and devastation was overwhelming and, and you just felt helpless. Um, a few years after that, my oldest daughter, Erica's best friend, Kelly, lost her younger brother, Sean, to a, a drowning accident in Wald Lake. And you just, you know, I kept getting that sense of 
we need to do something. We need to do more. What can we do to make a difference um, in, in the lives of these kids and, and even help continue the legacy of them? So um, that's kind of where it was. The seeds were born and planted. I knew I had to do something more to help in the area. The following year, I had the opportunity to retire from Ford Motor Company, um, which I had a 31 plus year career that I loved with a team I loved even more. And I still do. Sly guys, I know you're out there. Hi. Um, and so it was a difficult decision, but my husband knew that I had always had this drive to do something more about the, these messages. So he said, you know what, go for it. And I'm very blessed and happy that he did that because over the past couple of years, we've been able to work on um, a business model that helps to spread joy. And instead of that helplessness, hopelessness feeling, I feel like I can, you know, I can make a difference and I recognize that everyone can make a difference. So that is basically how we've gotten going. So thanks to your beautiful sister, Carol, I received one of the gifts. And I found it so touching because, first of all, I loved everything that was in the box, but knowing that a large percentage of money was going toward the charities that you're talking about, Kathy, was really meaningful to me. So, I'm so glad. Explain, how, how does this work? Explain to our listeners. You purchase the box, and then yep. what happens? So, so we're, we're kind of a twofold one is um, right now, because we're just starting out, our focus is the three scholarship funds for the kids that we've lost. So it's the Alexander Brigette Memorial Scholarship, the Michael Camilleri Memorial Scholarship, and the Sean Collins Memorial Scholarship. We certainly hope that as we grow, we'll be able to expand our donations and at a minimum hit the national charities that support those. So I'm really as passionate about getting the messages out as we are about earning funds for those um, charities. Because if you look at it, suicide is the number 10 killer in the United States. It's the number two cause of death for kids between 14 and 25. All suicide is not preventable. I understand that. But there is a large number of cases that we believe are preventable. But we need to get the information out. So every box that you receive, um, you guys got information about the social causes. Don't drive distracted. Don't let anyone else drive distracted. Please consider becoming an organ donor. 95% of people say it's a great idea and they support it, but only 60% have been registered. So we need to close that gap. Um, and the suicide prevention, just learn about mental health. We include the warning signs of prevention from the suicide hotline in every box just to help get the awareness and spread the message that everyone can make a difference. Every day we can all make a difference. So for every box that is purchased, the profits, the 50% goes distributed evenly to the three scholarships, right? Correct. I'm going to leave the technical part that to the, to the uh, financial advisors, but basically we, because we haven't done a profit yet, we're brand new. Um, we've just written checks the last two years to each of the charities, but at the end of the year when our profit loss statement, and he may want to take it quarterly, depending on how quickly we can grow. But right now at the end of the year, the end of the profit loss statement, Whatever that profit is, we divide 50-50. Half of it goes back into the business to help grow and reach more people, and the other half will get divided equally between those three charities until we And what what are your what Kathy, what's your favorite boxes and what boxes seem to be most popular so far? So some of them are the same. Um, without a doubt, our most popular, we've got the cutest. Um, I, I've called it the You're So Cutery box. Um, and I have to give credit to my my partner in crime, Amy Dustjardins, has helped me with all the putting the boxes together and coming up with some of the cute names. Um, and so it's a charcuterie box, which is great for all ages, men and women. That's been very popular. Our Michigan box, 
Um, we, we've had a gentleman who was able to create some special crates just for the giving gift. They're Michigan ended crates. We fill it with all Michigan made products. And those have been very popular as well as they're just tea time box. Cause again, it, you know, crosses generations and it's just a very comforting box. We also have one I, I kind of like, it's called the, you got this box. And it's just about, you know, if you've got someone going through a struggle, um, you know, cancer or divorce or just having a hard time at school, it's, you know, you got this very positive inspiration, mantras, messages, a couple little naughty items in there that you can ask me to have removed if you just put them in the comments section, <laughs> but it is just to be inspirational, motivational for people. And then we have a dog box. I know I need a cat box, but right now we have a dog box for any new dog lovers. And so just we, we've tried to come up with fun, creative, unique um, ideas and a lot of spa themed. We have a detox box, a chill out box. Um, so we're hoping that we, you can find something. And again, if there's, if there's something that you don't see that you're looking for, please reach out on the contact information on the website or reach out by email at gvggift at gmail.com. And we'll be happy to do what we can to help. Now, Kathy, uh, give us the website, and I know you have a very special deal tonight for WJR listeners. Tell us about that before we let you go. Yes, thank you. Well, the website is www.thegivinggiftshop.com, and because you guys are so awesome, we're offering our WJR listeners a 10% off coupon through Mother's Day, so for the next couple of months, for as many purchases as you want, and unfortunately, every box has to be bought individually right now because only one shipping address allowed um, based on the website developer carrier, but um, at 10% off any box of your purchase with the code WJRWOMAN, W-O-M-A-N 10. So WJRWOMAN 10, and that's on through Mother's Day, May 9th. Kathy Asset, president of The Giving Gift and Carol Kowalczyk's fabulous sister. Thank you. <laughs> Love and adore you, girl. You Love go, you girl. more. Everyone so stay safe yes. All right. and make a difference today. We absolutely will. Thank you again. You've been listening to WJR's Healthy Woman Show brought to you by the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health. On behalf of my co-host, Dr. Carol Kowalczyk, I'm Ann Thomas. We hope you have a great night.